Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. I still got it all out before the song stopped playing. That was that was impressive. I honestly. thought you were going to do it today. Nope. I did it yesterday. I thought maybe you were going to do it today, but Mm-mm. today it was just me. Nope. I'm learning about lots of things, and one of them is I don't have to do what I don't want to do. Yeah, you were staying silent, mm-hmm. but have you considered that that's violence? Sometimes I do. Okay. Yeah. And actually, it's only violence depending on the person you're talking to. Mm. Sometimes they want you to stay silent because what you want to say could be dangerous to what they want. Or even your mere presence in their safe space. Is violence also. Is violence also. We've learned a lot over the last Basically, few years. Basically, your existence. Anything is anything. Yeah. Hey, what's up? This is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. When we want to. And um, sorry about the people who think that means every single day of the week. But anyway, today we're going to pick up on one that we didn't do yesterday. Sure, it had something to do with the fourth, but it's gun control stuff as well. And it concerns whether or not, Charles, we are in fact free. And I know what you're thinking. No, we're not that free because Mm -hmm. people own our productivity and our labor and our income, and they give it to other people who didn't earn it. You know, constantly that happens. We got all these regulations, all these rules telling us what we can and can't do. Thousands, millions, actually, millions of regulations. We can't even count them. Okay. I got so many agencies listed out on this shirt. I can't get a good enough print quality for it because there's too many words on it. Too many letters Mm -hmm. on the shirt. So I'm still working on that thing right now. Anyhow, are we free? Well, no, because in a nation where bullets fly at schools, parties, and parades, uh, the Washington Post and this writer right here, Petula Dvorak, says that we are not actually free. Mm. Charles, do you want to um, go through some of this? As we set off fireworks and start the grills, well... This was for 4th of July, by the way. It was, yes. Or just wilt in front of the AC. Who was wilting in front of AC? You need to get your AC checked. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Petula? Get that AC checked. This steamy 4th of July, we need to be honest. Can we call her Petula? Petula. All right. We need to be honest with ourselves about all that freedom we're whooping and crackling about. The fact that innocent shoppers, students, revelers worshipers, learners, dancers, and workers are being slaughtered by random gunfire is neither normal nor free. Hmm. And as a society, we should continue to be defined by what we are willing to accept as a normal condition of American life. On Sunday, after 30 people were shot at a gathering in South Baltimore. Did you hear about that shooting, by the way? I didn't. Weird. Mm -mm. Isn't it weird that the entire nation is not enthralled by these mass shootings that occurred over the weekend. What What, hap- what, what would be your guess? The, the wrong perpetrator? Wrong perpetrator mm. committed the crime. Gotcha. I've, I've said this a couple of years ago, by the way. It's not, it's not the victims that people are ever enthralled with. It's always the shooter, and it has to be a specific shooter. And I noticed this when watching things like, uh, we were talking about this that. This is literally the first I've heard of it. No, right we were talking now. about that Gabby Petito case. And it was when everyone was complaining about how, oh, this white lady, you know, got, you know, she's disappeared and the whole nation's looking for her. 
And that's what was the racist part about it. The actual part about it was, in my opinion, it was the perpetrator of the crime. Because if it would have been a completely different perpetrator of the crime, the media would have never covered it. And so what people were actually enthralled about was her husband or boyfriend or whoever it was that, that, that did that thing. Anyhow, the media only pushes things when the perpetrator fits their narrative, their it's, agenda. It's about the narrative. Mm-hmm. Exactly. On Sunday, after 30 people were shot, uh, Mayor Brandon M. Scott, a Democrat, raised this explicitly saying, quote, we want this mass shooting to be treated just as if it happened in rural America. Now, what they are doing is they are saying that because it was a bunch of people in Baltimore, you could, uh, I, I believe what they're alluding to is it wasn't a bunch of rural white people or kids that were killed, and so it's not going to get treated the same. That's not why it's not treated the same. If it were a white guy that shot up this party, then it would get treated the same. We would have closed 4th of July. Yes, Okay, we, it would be all we would have talked about this week. That's how it gets treated the same. Mm. I'm sorry, Mr. Brandon M. Scott. Scott said on Monday, when it happens in Baltimore, Chicago, or D.C., it doesn't get that same attention. I wonder why. <laughs> These black American lives, children's lives, matter just as anyone else. They absolutely do. Yeah, All and, lives matter. Like I said, if it was a white guy that killed yeah. him, then it would have mattered. I just said all lives matter. Oh, remember, we can't say that on Tuesday nights. They said no racism. Okay. So black lives matter. As well as white lives matter. Asian lives. Yes. You have to, we have to list every single different life. life Actually, we have to list every person by name Mm. and say that their life matters. That's right. That's going to be the remainder of our podcast. The barrage of gunfire was a gut wrenching end to an annual community day in a working class part of Baltimore. One of America's cities where gunfire is not uncommon and too often labeled urban in an attempt to distance people from accountability for the conditions we allowed over decades of policy decisions. Yes, because these areas are no... From accountability (laughs) for the conditions we allowed over decades of policy decisions. It's our fault. (laughs) In this case, oddly enough, it's not the shooter's fault, whoever Mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. It's the people who allowed this to happen. Yeah. You know, when you do something, you blame the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the wild, relaxed gun policies they have in the urban areas, mm-hmm. actually. That's right. That created these conditions. It's those Republicans in Baltimore that have been <laughs> elected for the last 40 years. Yeah, exactly. Making these policies. We the people. We are not, a, we are not free if we are in a war zone. Pastor John D. Watts said, after gunfire terrorized Baltimore's Brooklyn neighborhood, where his congregation often works. The shooting left an 18-year-old woman and a 20-year-old man dead. So on this Independence Day, it's time to talk about our freedoms and the lack thereof. An entire block was littered with bullet casings Sunday, and many of the neighbors who usually sit on the porches were locked inside, living with a fear they have grown used to. The freedom from that fear is becoming rare in all corners of the nation. Now, the freedom... From that fear, because this this little paragraph started, this section started with, it's time to talk about our freedoms and the lack thereof. And so we are lacking freedom from fear, which is impossible, just so you know, okay? And then second, 
you're talking about freedom from fear and you're going to remove rights from other people to achieve that freedom, which still isn't going to work, that you'll still remove rights from people, from law-abiding people. The criminals who commit these, I don't know if they found the people who did the one in Baltimore yet, person or people that did the one in Baltimore yet, what the status of the guns they used was, whether or not they were legally obtained or not legally obtained. If anyone here in the chat knows, let me know. There was another shooting in Philadelphia. Did you hear about that one? Mm -mm. Okay. Same reason. Weird. (laughs) Uh, Weird. The trans shooter. Uh, Was there five? Were there five people that were killed in Philadelphia or shot? I can't remember. Maybe someone in the Mm. group can let me know. Not really talking about it much, are we? I have an idea. Black trans shooter, Mm. which essentially means the shooting didn't happen. Yeah. Mm. I have an idea. Mm Mm-hmm. Why don't we all live in bubbles like Bubble Man mm-hmm. and everybody gets fed through a <laughs> tube and and then nobody has any, you don't have any, you don't need shelter or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And you got food being pumped into your, you know, your veins. So you don't need to eat or drink anything. Everybody's taken care of. Everybody has all their needs met. Yeah. You don't need to drive anywhere because you don't need to go anywhere, you know? That sounds like freedom to me. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly You're free I free from fear at that point. I think solitary confinement in prison. I, those are the most free people I can think of. <laughs> no, they're not in risk yeah. of any danger. Especially during COVID. Mm-hmm. There was there a person freer than someone in solitary confinement in prison <laughs> during COVID time? Honestly. Oh, but Petula, tell us about this tyranny. She says in America under the tyranny of a culture that celebrates gun ownership. Over the unburdened pursuit of happiness, we are no longer free to feel safe. (laughs) Free to feel. (laughs) Jesus. You know, I'm not going to last much longer (laughs) reading this garbage. I'm really not. My mental health is suffering on a level that is unparalleled, unprecedented. Why don't you analyze the next sentence for me? We have, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can. We have absolutely failed the vision of our founding fathers for a peaceful, safe and prosperous nation. If we're willing to apply rules conceived of when a breakaway people in revolt deployed muskets, flintlock pistols and hunting rifles to today, when high tech killing machines can be bought with ease. This played out in Maryland where concealed carry permits and the number of guns tripled following a Supreme Court ruling last year expanding the Second Amendment. Okay, two things. So we failed the vision of our founding fathers by allowing people to have guns other than muskets. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's exactly what they meant. So that's, that's not true, first off. Second, this played out in Maryland where concealed carry permits tripled following the Supreme Court ruling last year. Does that mean that this shooting took place because this person had a concealed carry permit and they wouldn't have gotten it before the Supreme Court ruling last year? Have we proven that? Because at the time of this writing, they had no idea who was the perpetrator. I don't know if they know yet. I wouldn't know anyway, because it's not going to be in the news when they find the people. Um, But apparently this is linked to concealed carry permits. Hmm. 
Honestly, the fact that that many people were shot, I think, is linked to not enough people concealed carrying at this place. It's Sorry. A, it's as if the, like, the permit is what is actually <laughs> killing people. <You laughs> says, know? yeah, now there's 27 concealed carry permits. <laughs> they you tripled. Know, <laughs> you know all of those, uh, all those criminals, you know, they're just standing in line. Mm-hmm. Waiting. their application. <laughs> waiting. Waiting for their concealed carry permit so mm-hmm. they can go about their murder legally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they want to be able to lawfully carry a weapon to murder people, which is already... That tracks. Makes unlawful. sense. Makes sense to me. But here's some logic for you. Quote, more permits means more guns out in public. And that means more guns left in cars. And that means more guns subject to theft. There's, this is from uh, Senator William Smith Jr. Uh, it, he told someone, there's just going to be more guns around. That's just a fact. Maryland Governor Wes Moore signed laws in May restricting gun carrying to try to counteract that. But the NRA immediately challenged those laws in federal court. Baltimore itself last year filed suit against a maker of untraceable parts used to build ghost guns. <sighs> You know, there's nothing scarier mm-hmm. than a gun you can't see. It's it's very scary. And you hope they're friendly, like Casper. Mm-hmm. Those ghost guns, but they're they're probably more like the ones. Would you that should haunt we your mother in law? Should we allow friendly ghost guns? Mm. As long as they're nice. Yeah. Is there at least a ghost gun company named Casper? Tell me that. That'd be cool. Come on. It's political and policy gamesmanship fought with manipulation and maneuvers. But the real losses come in bloodshed and tears every day in every state of the nation. And it's the people who live in neighborhoods too often racked by gunfire who pay the price for a nation's failure to address real problems. The support of all people is important, said Watts, whose congregation continues ministering in Baltimore's Brooklyn area. But they are afraid. And we should be ashamed. I'm very ashamed. <sighs> well, you ever you ever get to the point yes. where you're just at a loss for words? Mm-hmm. Where you you know you read something and you're just like, yeah, I, there's nothing to say anymore. I just want to be like, okay, yeah, okay. Part of me, like, let's take a state, let's find a state, maybe Rhode Island. We'll start small. Mm-hmm. Or California. I don't care. I think California already does what you're about to say. Well, let's just implement their utopia in a state. Full bore. We should put up a wall around it, though. Yeah. To keep them out of our country. Just full bore. Set up the utopia. And, like, let's have cameras and documentation and everything. Everybody gets a living wage, free housing, free cars, free internet. They get three squares a day, free food. They get health care, all the stuff you could ever imagine. There's no guns, no mm-hmm. violence, there's no murder, nothing, because obviously, you know, people aren't going to do that when there's no guns. And let's just set up that society. Yeah. It's called France. Mm. What we're going to talk about here in a second. <laughs> oh, wait, it already happened too, <laughs> yeah. like in the Soviet Union. Yeah. That's right. People already do this. East Germany? <clears> hmm. <throat> it doesn't work well. Now, let me break up You're this. right. Fed up says it's been done. They had to tear down the wall. <laughs> Let me just break this up. In Nineteen? What was that? Nineteen ninety? It was around that time, roughly. Yeah, hmm. I can't tell either for sure a year. It's weird that we've already tried these things. Maybe eighty nine. Who knows? 
No, and, there we go. Costco said 89. Yeah. I was going to say it had to be when, uh, you know. All right. So uh, let me just break this up with something funny for a second. On Twitter, you can see these people who are clearly getting paid by the Democrat Party to S Joe Biden's D. <laughs> and this, th this Victor Xi is one of those people. So I thought that this would be just funny. Here's a picture of Joseph R. Biden. And um, Joseph R. Biden sitting on the steps of the, of the White House. Yeah, completely now, unscripted. To me, it looks like he's waiting for the bus to come pick him up or something <laughs> like that. Like, he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. Someone had to come like, oh, he's on the steps again. There he is. <laughs> so this is what it looks like when you take his cocaine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's what I see when I look at this uh, picture. But Victor Xi over here says, wow. This photo of President Biden sitting on the White House steps is just so breathtaking and captures this moment so well. Joe Biden is doing so much for all of us and has the weight of the world on his shoulders, like Atlas himself. And I just want to say thank you every time I see him. Mm -hmm. Grandpa Joe, you know? <laughs> Listen, this is clearly propaganda you can you can spot them you can spot them on twitter for sure because no one actually feels this way unless they're getting paid to feel this way you can get people to feel this way if you pay them okay let's go on to something else now people probably heard plenty about the french riots except for charlie when i said hey have you seen what's going on in france and you're like no nope i have no clue what's going on in france so don't I worry i flew through there for a while you did mm -hmm. there were riots going on at that time i didn't see any yeah. I was looking out the window. They were uh, they were upset about the retirement age getting raised by two years when you went through France. And uh, now, okay, there's a police killing of this uh, this young kid, 17-year-old kid, immigrant, Algerian, I believe. Uh, and people are comparing this to like the George Floyd BLM riots. I think there are some similarities. Uh and like the BLM riots, it has roughly nothing to do with racism or police brutality and everything to do with hatred of the system, entitlement, victimhood mentality, uh, and just wanting to tear everything down mm -hmm. because you've been told to hate it your entire life. Mm -hmm. That's essentially uh, what, what I think it is anyway. So I wanted to talk about that for a minute just to... We're not going to watch all the videos and play all those. Most of you have probably seen This is a place where them. they don't have any guns, mm -hmm. right? We're going to talk about that, but so okay. Are, are they not free from fear? It seems like they'd be free from fear. It also seems like they would be free from all bad feelings because they have a healthcare system that is free if you can't get private insurance. Um, they have the highest welfare spending per capita in the world. Mm. Um, you would think that everyone there would be extremely happy. And it turns out it's still just full of a bunch of entitled brats that want to tear the place down. And that, you, that's what they actually have. Because if you give some, a mouse some peanut butter... He'll burn down the Eiffel Tower. They'll, they'll tear down the Eiffel Tower. As exactly. they've always said. Mm -hmm. Now, in this case, there's been a lot of videos of the rioters being um, immigrants or migrants or whatever, the, whatever you want to call them uh, from North Africa. Uh, and... The numbers from France try to contradict that. They say that like only 10% of the people they've arrested have been North African immigrants and the people that are getting blamed on, well, one, it could be they're not arresting or two, 
They could just be fudging numbers. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, the riots have cost 1.1... One thing I know, you can't trust the French. No, you can't mm. at all. I'm not saying that they don't have this coming to them. I just want to issue a warning for the United States, okay? Because pretty soon, we're all going to be sitting around eating baguettes, <laughs> drinking onion soup, and burning down the local chapter of the VFW for fun, Okay? <laughs> And I don't want it to come to that. I like how you just called it onion soup because you don't need it. <laughs> uh, it's not like they call it French onion soup. No, of course they don't. <laughs> French riots have cost $1.1 in damage to businesses and travelers are even canceling their vacation plans. You don't say. Dude, I know I'm, I'm not playing all the videos and stuff today, but good Lord, it's been pretty bad. Like pretty, pretty bad. Uh, let me show you... Um, let's see. Did you call them home? I call them Freedom Fries, Bailey. They were Freedom Fries back in the day, mm -hmm. circa end of 2001, 2002-ish time. You don't touch our Freedom Fries. Uh, here's what people are upset about. This is the shooting of this kid. All right. Um, it's apparently, it's unjustified, I guess. So this this kid is driving. They try to pull him over. They get him pulled over. Okay, that's the short story. They get up to the car. He won't get out of the car. They're pointing a gun at him while he's in the car. Now, if you're not watching the video right now on YouTube, they're on the driver's side of the car. One's in the driver's side window. One's the driver's side windshield with a gun pointed at the kid. And here's the problem. This is the problem I see. Right behind them is a giant concrete wall. All right. Now, the... The driver is going to decide with a gun pointed in his face that he's going to, and, a, and the cop leaning on the car. Now, he's not leaning on the front of the car where it's just going to immediately run over him or anything, but he's leaning on the car and the driver decides to drive away. Mm. Could the police officer have allowed him to drive away and not just shot him in the face when he tried to drive away? Yeah. Yeah. He could have. Okay. I'd, I, uh, I do think that that is the case. Is this, uh, is him driving away, could that possibly be deadly force? I think it could be because when someone's in the car, they could turn their wheel and run you over with the car. He could turn his wheel and smash you into the concrete wall that's right next to them. And so it's a bit more dangerous than what I think a lot of people have made it out to be. That if the guy would have decided to turn his wheel a certain direction, he could have killed the cops by driving away or at least injured them greatly. And so I, I, I do want to make that point but apparently this was only done out of racism mm -hmm. is why they sh shoot the guy and that's it he drives off one shot um and then i guess he pulls forward and runs off the road up there mm. there's the thing and we're against death by the way Just i don't like to throw that out there <clears throat> i don't like that the kid died you know i'm not happy about that um but i will say it's a bit more complicated than what i've heard a lot of people talk about I can understand how you could perceive a threat of imminent death with the guy pulling off at that time. Mm -hmm. I can see it, all right? I, would I rather the guy not die? Yeah, that, that's true. There's been some crazy stuff happen. A firefighter did die trying to put out a car fire, I believe. The mayor's house was attacked with his wife and two kids inside. They ran a car into through his gate and into his house, set the car on fire, and then as the wife and two children, aged five and seven, were trying to escape, they were shooting fireworks at them. 
Jesus. Uh, the wife broke her leg and one of the kids got injured as well. Jesus. And so the people that were doing that are are being looked for uh, for attempted murder, basically. Jesus. <clears throat> yeah. Lord. So it's getting a little crazy mm. out there is, what's hap- is what's happening. I mean, from what I can tell, <clears throat> though, this looks to be mostly peaceful. Most, yeah. Yeah. Of course it is. You look around France. Yeah. It's mostly peaceful. If you looked at France there. as a whole, I mm-hmm. mean, from an airplane, 30,000 foot view, most of it's not There's on fire. hardly any fires. There's hardly Statistically, any. Statistically, most things are not on fire in France. Most mayors and their families are not being attacked. That's true. If you looked at all the mayors in France... A statistical basis yeah. wouldn't even register on a chart, Mm-mm. honestly. Okay, and the amount of bones yeah. his wife had—you're talking one of them, just like two hundred and something in there, right? Six. Jeez. Yeah. One divided by two hundred. Statistically, is not... her bones are mostly fine. Yeah. Got what plenty people of bones. Are worried about yeah. you know. Uh, how about this, Charlie? Though this is not good. France. Also, she has two kids, and only one of them got injured. That's a pretty good <laughs> odds. You go back to the year nineteen hundred. Yeah. And you got two kids and one of them gets injured? Come on. Come on. Mostly peaceful. (laughs) (laughs) All right. France set to allow police to spy through phones. French lawmakers agreed to a justice reform bill that includes a provision granting police the power to get suspects' geolocation through phones and other devices. French police should be able to spy on suspects by remotely activating the camera, microphone, and GPS of their phones and other devices, lawmakers agreed late on Wednesday, July 5th. Part of a wider justice reform bill, the spying provision has been attacked by both the left and right's defenders as an authoritarian snoopers charter through Justice Minister Eric dupont moretti insists it would only affect... It would, o- it would affect only... Quote, dozens of cases a year. That's it. That's it. They can act. I'm sure. Your camera, your microphone, and your location. And they're, they promise they're not going to do it, but dozens. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, technically a million is dozens. You know, it's a lot of dozens. Yeah. yeah how many, how many dozens does it take <laughs> to stop counting in dozens? I don't know. You could technically count anything in dozens. The Earth has been around for dozens of years. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. It's a lot of dozens. That's right. Uh, covering laptops, cars, and other connected objects, as well as phones, the measure would allow the geolocation of suspects in crimes punishable by at least five <clears throat> years jail. Devices could also be remotely activated to record sound and images of people suspected of terror offenses, as well as delinquency and organized crime. So if you're not paying the government, you're delinquent on your taxes. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Folks, it can be tough to know which direction to take in life. For example, you might think doing this podcast was an easy move, but it wasn't. It takes a willingness to work crazy hours, read people's differing opinions, and make, well, what you might expect a mid-level libertarian podcast to make. What gets me through is knowing I'm being true to myself and my values. So whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Therapy made a huge difference in my life and co-host Charlie's use BetterHelp for years. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist 
and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash G-M-L. They just had a, they've just had a trauma, okay? We got our Patriot Act, and now France, they've had all these crazy riots, like worst riots they've had in months. And people, even though the left and the right are attacking this, Lawmakers are agreeing, okay, it's time. We allow the police to literally turn on the cameras and the microphones of people suspected of terror offenses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Let's see how this plays out for them. It's not going to be good. It's working in China. <laughs> it works great. Yeah. Now, there's different ways that you can explain what's going on. The BBC says that the riots are due to just everyday discrimination, racism. That's what's happening right now, that these are just people who are upset. This is essentially the Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. in France. I, w- I will say with our the, with the George Floyd stuff, yeah, Black Lives Matter, people were out there. Also, a lot of the crazy stuff were the Antifa people, the people who just wanted to burn the whole system down because they're communists, mm-hmm. and that's what they wanted to do. And France is dealing with a lot of that as well. And the, uh, the victim's family is out there saying, calm down. This is not, the victim's family has said, these are just people using this as an excuse to go and steal from Nike stores, you know, or whatever, El La Nike out there. Yeah. I don't know what they call it over there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not French. Yeah, I'm not either. Mm-hmm. I took two semesters of Fran- yeah. French, uh, but my teacher was Le Terrible. Le Terrible. <laughs> listen is it some racism yeah we're gonna skip over this article though because we do have some more your fringlish is oh it's great spot on Mm -hmm. Uh Mm -hmm. i can say uh je m'appelle nate Mm -hmm. which means my name is nate and that's about it probably called nike nike store nike nike store (laughs) store yeah uh, Douglas Murray has a piece out here saying that French racism is not the problem. Okay, so BBC says it's racism. Douglas Murray out here with a spectator saying that racism is not the problem, says it's the immigrants that are the problem, people that aren't assimilating into the culture. I think that that's part of it. It's a little bit of it. But I want to get to what I believe the actual problem is. You can, you can blame immigrants if you want to. I think it's more important the incentive systems that are set up. And that it doesn't matter what country people come from. That if you have the right incentive system, incentive system set up and you are not subsidizing certain behaviors and taxing others, that it doesn't matter where people come from. That they'll have to do what they have to do to keep going. And uh, there's this one in the American Conservative, and this is actually from 2021. So after COVID lockdowns kind of started happening, and they're talking about how immigrants didn't destroy France, the welfare state did, okay? Mm -hmm. Just as the yellow jacket protests were about more than high gas prices, French frustration is about more than immigration. It's about what France has become, an otherwise small and insignificant nation haunted by a glorious past like the Dallas Cowboys. While there have been rises in violent crime and social unrest that correlate with the increase of mostly North African Muslim immigrants, this is often exaggerated 
and doesn't actually account for the country's current woes. As I said, this was written in 2021. Rather, France's problem is a bloated welfare system, which is listed as the most generous in the world. The French pay high taxes and expect a wide array of public services in return. Unsurprisingly, the system has led to the government going into massive debt to continue funding these entitlements and has greatly hindered the country's economy. Meanwhile, the population continues to grow older and retire while birth rates fall well below replacement level. Which really hurts the pyramid <clears throat> scheme, by the way. It's bad for a pyramid scheme. Mm -hmm. Gotta have new people coming in. You can't inverse the, the pyramid. No. Nope. The triangle it collapses. Yeah. Can't do that. Less measurable, but more profound, is the effect that France's welfare state has on its culture. And they talk about how entrepreneur may be, might be a French word, but it's a foreign concept to most Frenchmen. Most of them now depend heavily on the state for everything, including comfortable employment. And if they don't receive a certain benefit from the state, they will strike and protest at a moment's notice. Most of them couldn't care less that this attitude ruins their economy, bankrupts their government, and makes everyone poor in the long run. If it's a choice between social benefits and their country's well-being, the former, social benefits, always wins. The culture of dependency accounts for most of the rising resentment against immigrants. While the French right likes to speak in terms of tradition and French values, the argument that animates French nativists is that the immigrants take more from the system than they contribute. They are seen as parasites, mooching off of government, which is the people, while they live in segregated, crime-infested places. Ben Louis. Ben Louis. <laughs> mm -hmm. Whatever you whatever you want to call them. <clears throat> I put a question in here. Is this the basis for the the right in the US, their resentment against Mexican immigrants? Well, as Milton Friedman said in the eighties, the only good immigration is illegal immigration. And that's because <clears throat> back then you didn't qualify if you were illegal, you didn't qualify for any benefits. So you yeah. had to come here based on merit <coughs> and hard work. Like you had to get ahead by actually, you know, contributing to society and providing value. Well, that all started changing after that. And now, just like in the United States, we don't have an immigration problem. It's a welfare problem. Mm -hmm. If we didn't have the welfare state, what does it matter who crosses the border? But not only that, what a lot like, of people are talking about now with immigration is the drug, drug war, fentanyl, stuff like that. Okay, we got a drug war problem. Still not an immigration problem. Mm. It's still not a border problem. All right? Um, if it's people committing crimes in cities, well, we probably have a uh, woke DA is not prosecuting crimes problem that's also happening. It's rarely the fact that people are coming here. You know, how can that actually be the problem? I don't know what just happened right there. I didn't like it. That's not good. Mm -mm. Okay, anyway. Um, so long as French citizens depend on their government for everything and see little reason to start their own businesses, be their own bosses and, com and compete for customers, nothing will change. Immigrants didn't kill their country. The welfare state did. And this is what happens <clears throat> with wokeism, victimhoodism, mm -hmm. people that, you know, the system's just against you, you know, so we got to use the system to take care of all of our needs and play the ultimate victim status. And when things don't go your way. When things don't go your way, folks, you just behave like a toddler in the streets. I think you just said that yesterday. Yeah. On yesterday's show. Yeah. This is, we're, this is a re reoccurring theme happening right mm. now around the world. Now, there's another article from the Free Press that I think gets the last one I put a note that says, it's like, I don't I mean, know if you saw, I said you could be, you could blame racism, you can blame immigrants, or you can be right, 
which is the art, the article we just read, or the next one is actually you can be deeply right, mm. like philosophically right. Mm. And I think it gets to the real point. I mean, my six-year-old, when he gets mad about something, will like throw a truck mm. mm-hmm. or stomp his foot, you know, and protest. Yep. He's not getting his way. Yep. Six with autism. That's um and we talk literally almost every day about how his feelings are valid, but his behavior is not. Yeah. Like you have to you have to be emotionally mature enough not to act out, so to speak, when things don't go your way. Mm-hmm. And what is happening in this world where we just resort to violence when things aren't done our way? Like sometimes you lose, you know? And you're supposed to get yourself up, dust off, and try again, according to the philosophers of the 90s. You know? If you fir- if at first you don't succeed. Yeah. Is yeah. That, who is that? Be- is that Beyonce's? Is she French? <laughs> That's not Beyonce. Beyonce? <laughs> who um, is that? Who is that? Uh, I believe, is that TLC? Is that, wait, was that old left eye? No. Maybe. I don't know who it is. Someone let us know. Someone God, let us know in the. Do you remember uh, the movie The Other Guys? Yeah, <laughs> and how often he keeps doing um, the DLC references. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> He's like, "What, Michael <laughs> Listen, Keaton? Don't go chasing waterfalls." Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's a, this last part because we are closing up. I think the problem here is a lack of purpose. I think that's what's actually happening. Now, this writer for the Free Press, sorry, I don't have the uh, name pulled up right now, says yes that there is discrimination. Okay, yeah, there is police brutality. There's things like this that happen. Um, this person actually makes the case that it's not that uh, it's not that our Western world is falling apart because of inequality and racism and all these terrible things that are going on. It's actually that we've just done so well and that people are running out of things to do. <laughs> that that's essentially what's happening. This person said, I'd argue the opposite. The West has made such extraordinary, unique progress in reducing suffering on a large scale that we now that we're now left grasping for new ideals and new aspirations to fulfill. This is not to say that everything is perfect, but the current penchant for protests and riots is profoundly out of proportion with the relatively small scale challenges we still face. This is what Nietzsche said. Mm-hmm. Our accomplishments on human rights, freedoms, and the alleviation of hardship are so gargantuan that statistical comparisons with previous ages are made absurd. In the 20th century, industrial-scale racism emanating from Western Europe killed millions of Jews and brought the world to war. In the U.S., Jim Crow segregation was the law of the land in the South, while the de facto segregation reigned elsewhere. In the 21st century, we seize on statistically rare police shootings as evidence of an ongoing genocide. You want to know what... Oh, they talk about the, how the guillotine was still being used until the ni- 1970s. In the previous century, countries in Western Europe saw genuine famines. Today, Western Europe is fighting an obesity crisis in America. It's literally been flipped on its head. With the United Kingdom leading the pack. The widespread poverty known the previous ages now seems science fictional compared to life in today's West. Between 1960 and 2023, French GDP per capita went from from 1,300 to 43,000 with other Western European nations showing similar growth trends. In the U.S., over the same period, per capita GDP rose from 3,000 to 70,000. 
It's not noted nearly enough that the life of an average citizen of a modern Western country makes the existence of an old-world aristocrat look pauperized by comparison. And the reduction in global poverty, driven by Western trade, industry aid, and debt forgiveness over the past decades, has been even more astounding. Between 1990 to 2017 alone, the global poverty rate fell from 36% to 9%. Jesus. We've stuffed ourselves to the gills with the good things that we've created. But we're still human beings, the one species on the planet that yearns for meaning. And we don't know where to turn next. In a different age, many would turn to their faith. But in the West, religion has been on a steep decline that crosses the rising rate of protest in an X pattern. So aimless activists protest and riot and embrace causes that they hope will bring needed shape to their moral lives. I think that that's actually a really great way of... Uh, a really great way of explaining it. Um, there's one reference here. In 1929, the Spanish philosopher with a Spanish name wrote a very flawed Jose? book. Jose well, Ortega. Uh, what e, you, e what's the Y? What do you do with the Y? E. With a lowercase Y by itself. E. It's, it's, yeah. it's like an and. <laughs> yeah. No, you pronounce it E. I don't know. Well, put a freaking E then. Come on. No. Come on, man. Jose I don't like it. Ortega I don't like it when they put that e lowercase y right Gassette. there. I don't like it. I'm not a fan. Okay, anyway. You wrote say, a book. You could say and. There was a book by titled, Ortega and Gassette. Oh, and. Is that what it is? Mm. It stands okay. for and. Oh. Well, that's a way better explanation. <laughs> Why didn't you just say that at the in the first place? Jeez. But you would say Ortega E Gassette. <clears throat> I love Ortega. But Ortega and Gasset. All right, there's a book called The Revolt of the Masses. In it, Ortega and Gasset <laughs> offer this one gem. <laughs> here's, anyway, here's an important quote. Here's an important quote. Okay. When what was before an ideal becomes a component part of reality, it inevitably ceases to be an ideal. Mm. And to me... Of course, he said that in Spanish. Oh, yeah, he said it oh, way different from how I just translated it. it. Yeah, yeah to A English whole lot here. different from that. <laughs> Uh, the end of this, the author says, how do we see ourselves out? Uh, the way out surely begins with gratitude, some appreciation for how far we've come. I, I think that that's very correct. There's one crazy thing I want to show you before we go, Charlie. That's, that's a pretty crazy con concept to think about, that what was before an ideal becomes a, compo a component part of reality. So something you're aiming for, a goal you're trying to reach, mm -hmm. like... Like, let's say, reducing starvation. And not only does it not become a component of reality, or just become a component of reality, but you far exceed expectations. How about equality before the law? Yeah. How about innocent until proven guilty? And so what they say is, once that, once that becomes, you have this ideal that you work towards, and once that becomes true, a part of reality, the way that you live, well, you no longer have to hold that ideal anymore. This is just a, a way of life. And I think that's what's happened to freaking America. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to protect the ideal anymore. It's a reason I didn't feel like celebrating the 4th of July. You know, no one's protecting this ideal. They're shooting off fireworks, eating hot dogs. In fact, people you know? are trying to actively destroy it. Yeah. So there's this other story I remember while I was reading about this. I don't know when I heard it. I could have been listening to freaking Rush Limbaugh or something when I heard about this. Remember hearing about the fake jobs in France? Have you ever heard about that, Charles? Mm -mm. Um, oh, by the way, I had these charts in. Uh, highest social spending in France. 
How about that? I thought that was going to fix everything. Mm. That's weird. Uh, healthcare expenditure, GDP, uh, second. Number two is France, right there. Okay, well, that's weird. GDP per capita, when you compare Algeria and France, where some of the people are coming from, uh, France way higher. The Algerians, even if they're a large portion of them are in poverty, they're in poverty by France's standards, which is not the same as Algeria. Mm-hmm. And France also has the largest welfare state, apparently, in the developed nations, uh, which would be all the nations. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's never going to be enough. No. It, it will never be enough. It actually makes it worse. Yes. That is the point because Literally people lose all purpose and meaning. These narcissistic people, the entire world, they just wouldn't be enough. They're just entitled. Yes. That's all it is. It will never be enough. Whatever it is, they want more. This is from 2015. Made me think of this today. I looked it up, found this article in the New York Times. This title is, uh, in Europe, fake jobs can have real benefits. What do they mean like by... healthcare f- benefits? Where they... <laughs> Well, it's got all those benefits. Listen to the story, Charles. At 9.30 on a sunny weekday, the phones at Candelia, a purveyor of sleek office furniture in France, ring steadily with orders from customers across the country and from Switzerland and Germany. A photocopier clacked rhythmically with more than a dozen workers, while more than a dozen workers processed sales, dealt with suppliers and arranged for desks and chairs to be shipped. Uh, Sabine, working in the accounting department, leaned into her computer and scanned the row of numbers. She was doing well. Its revenue that week, or Candelia, the company, is doing well. The revenue that week was outpacing expenses, even counting taxes and salaries. Quote, we have to be profitable, Sabine said. Everyone's working all out to make sure we succeed. This was a sentiment any boss would like to hear, but in this case, the entire business is fake. (laughs) So are Candelia's customers and suppliers, from the companies ordering the furniture to the trucking operators that make deliveries. Even the bank where Candelia gets its loans is not real. This this story can't be real. That's real. This story can't be real. They're playing house. More than 100 Potemkin <laughs> companies, that means fake companies like Candelia, are operating today in France. And there are thousands more across Europe. Outside Paris, a pet business called Animal Kingdom sells products like dog food and frogs. Art Lim, a company in another place, peddles fine porcelain. Prestige Cosmetique in Orleans deals in perfumes. All of these companies' wages are imaginary. What? Um, They all get money from the government. They're on welfare. These... (laughs) For years, the aim was to train students and unemployed workers looking to make a transition to different industries. Now they are being used to combat the alarming rise in long-term unemployment, one of the most pressing problems to emerge from Europe's long economic crisis. Sabine didn't care that Candelia was a phantom operation. She lost her job as a secretary and been unstable and unable to find work. Since January, though, she woken up early every weekday, put on makeup, gotten ready to go to the office. She arrives at the small office in a low-income neighborhood where joblessness is among the highest in the country. I mean, these people need a purpose. It's but here's it's the better problem. to wake up and have a routine. Here's the problem. But I can't believe this is real. Mm-hmm. It's The fake is real. Dude, <laughs> hold on. There's even more ridiculous Why stuff. Why wouldn't you just like actually work? I. Oh my God. 
The concept of virtual companies, also known as practice firms, traces roots to Germany after World War II when large numbers of people needed to reorient their skills. They learned how to kill Jews, and now they wanted to uh, learn how to kill it in the office place, you know? <laughs> Intended to supplement vocational training, the centers emerged in earnest across Europe in the 1950s and spread rapidly. Today, about 5,000 practice firms operate on the continent, supported by government funds with at least 2,500 elsewhere in the world, including the United States. We could be working at one right now. Mm. All right. Uh, there, I got to find, I got to find this other part here. Some of the faux companies even hold strikes. <laughs> <laughs> they hold fake strikes at their practice firms. Are they, they unionized? They're striking. U- they're unionized. They got to be. <laughs> A common occurrence in France. No wonder they freaking strike so often. Even at the fake places of business <laughs> where they're on welfare, they go on strike for fun to practice striking. It's within their right. <laughs> It's within their right to do. They re- <laughs> At Cisco, a virtual payment processing center, recently staged a fake protest with slogans and painted banners to teach workers rights and to train human resources staff members to claim to calm tensions. The products and the money are fake, but you call a virtual firm in Switzerland and the person answers. <laughs> okay. Why are we talking about this? Because people do need purpose and meaning. But the purpose and meaning, the problem is... Hang on real quick. Look at that Microsoft Word art right there. Oh, it's great. That's mm. straight up Word art. If you're not watching the video, you got to... That's good. That brings me back to the to the good old days. That was back before we knew we were celebrating June. Right yeah. there. Pride Month. Word yeah. art right there. Um, people need a meaning and purpose in their lives, but the meaning and purpose from a job doesn't come from waking up and going and pushing papers. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people, that's what they think the meaning is, that they go there and they earn money. They got money because they went and they moved papers around for the day. That's not where you're supposed to find meaning in your life or your job. Every job that works freely in a free market off of voluntarily given money has meaning because... You are providing a service that people want. You know that they want it because they are giving you their money that they earned. It's valuable. It's actually valuable to people's lives. You're providing value to society. That's what makes it meaningful. You work at McDonald's. You're giving people food that's used to be affordable, not as much anymore. Right. Okay? If you're you're picking up groceries for shipped food or whatever, you're providing a valuable service. And that's what people are forgetting right now they think that the act of going to the place so they can leave with some money is how they get the meaning you know they get that money and there's their meaning that's not what it is the meaning is what you provided to people while you were there and that they wanted it and they worked at their crappy job and their whatever you do for them was important enough for them to give over their money Mm. to you for you to do that job it's meaningful and what these people do is not meaningful it's a freaking rats on a wheel is all it is also aren't there plenty of like actual jobs they could place these people in if they're gonna go ahead and go to work apparently not apparently Uh, not hmm. this is what's wrong in france that's the moral of the story yeah and we gotta go all right (laughs) y'all every time i am job (laughs) sorry robin williams i just you know I didn't expect this at the end. Thank you (laughs) for that wonderful laughter. You know, maybe one day we could all pretend to be somebody. Yeah. And, you know, 
Uh, you know, is is this all a dream? <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure out. Like, am I in purgatory right now? We're not in purgatory. We're we're th- living in the the thing with a fake reality is that you can keep building on it and building on it. like eventually it collapses, you know, and it runs a car through your living room and attacks your children, you know, but you can live in it for a while. And the people who know that they're living in it, like imagine like the matrix, like, you know, that you're in the matrix. I mean, you could be going crazy thinking about how this isn't the real world. We're just people who took the, the red pill in the matrix, not, Republicans. Okay. And so we're going kind of crazy. If we just accepted to live in reality or the fake reality, sorry, the virtual reality, I guess it would be easier. I'll be honest. I feel like I'm going crazy. Yeah. This is somehow a made up dream. Most of it is made up. That's why I laughed. Yeah. I laughed because I was so uncomfortable. (laughs) It's it's a thing. So uncomfortable. Yeah. This was written in 2015. Yeah. From the New York Times. It's real. There's real fake companies. Yeah, I heard some radio host talking about this and how eventually France was going to collapse because a lot of their employment comes from the government, comes from people's tax money, a lot of the jo- and a lot of the jobs are fake. They're not actually producing anything. Do they count these in the jobs numbers? I'm not sure if they do <laughs> or not because they still say that these people have a hard time finding employment, but, you know... I can't remember who was talking about this years ago when I heard about it. They explained it as if they were counting these people as employed, but I, I don't know. I didn't look at that part. I don't know. Oh, oh me, oh my. All right, y'all. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode and you got a laugh like I did, then please <laughs> follow and subscribe. Hit that little plus button on the Apple podcast and leave us a rating and review and Apple podcast or Spotify. Stitcher's going away, so you might want to move over to another platform uh, that you can hear the show on. So I think, what'd you say? We like 5% of our listeners are on Stitcher. 3% are 3%. on Stitcher. So you three percenters, mm-hmm. you're going to have to move uh, if you want to enjoy this riveting content every yeah. single day of the week when we want to. So go to joingml.com to sign up for the Fed Haters Club. So if you hate the Feds just as much as we do, then you want to be part of the group. That's only six bucks a month right now uh, before the price never goes up because Nate is not going to do it. Too busy no matter to do how it. many times he says he will, it'll stay $6 forever. So just go sign up. There's other options. I mean, if you want to pay more, you know, yeah. if you're if you're rolling in it, you might as well contribute to Nate's Sprite addiction. Um Sprite Zero addiction. So join gmail.com or go to godhatesfeds.com there you can pick up some merchandise and there's also a link for the Fed Haters Club. If you do all of that, We'll be back again tomorrow for some dumb bleep of the week. Until then, I hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.